0: On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we're going to talk about choosing a church. We're going to talk about something that everybody does sooner or later, sometimes uh, multiple times, and that is choosing a church, choosing a congregation where you're going to participate and worship. And and so we want to ask the question how should we do that? And what would be the, what should be the priorities that we're looking for
1: when we choose a church? All right. It's going to be an important discussion and you're going to want to stay tuned. We're getting started right now.
2: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, September 5th, 2019. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you good tonight. Good to be with you. Kyle's by the control, Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here. Glad that you're listening and want you to join in the discussion Give us a call at 877-381-4567. Send us an email to questions at com, or send us a message in the chat room tonight. We'd love to hear from you on this important topic tonight. All right. So uh,
0: we remind you that you can get our uh, email updates on Thursdays, midday, we try to send out an email telling you about our topic for discussion on the Virtual Bible Study, giving you a chance to give us some feedback. Um, and if you're not on our update list, get get on that update list by sending us an email to questions at com. Earlier today, we sent out this update asking these questions. Number one, consider as a sort of case study... Some first century people who actually did change churches. And interesting, we w- yeah. We have a, a, an example in Acts chapter 8, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: Number two, list the top five things we really should be looking for in a church. List them in order of priority. And then I thought this would be interesting. How should we respond to someone who says, I'm looking for a church with kids the same age as my kids? Okay. I want a lot of programs for the kids and for their parents too. Mm-hmm. I want a bigger church. I don't like a small congregation. I desire a church where the average age of the members is young, not old. And I'm looking for a real friendly group of people. And finally, I like an entertaining preacher. Well, who doesn't?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna try to answer those questions as we go through our uh, study tonight. Okay. All right, so we start out by talking about the case in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, the evangelist Philip went to Samaria. Remember, there had been a big persecution of Christians in Jerusalem, and they were scattered abroad. But it says they went everywhere preaching the word, Acts 8, verse 4, and Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Now, what's interesting is it tells us what the situation was in Samaria when Philip got there. It says in verse nine, Acts eight, verse nine, there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think we can track. What was influencing the people? No, what On what basis? And I'm using this expression very accommodatively, but they were in the church of Simon the sorcerer. They were follow, religiously following Simon the sorcerer. What were the things that had been influencing factors for them? Well, one was his claims. He gave out that he himself was some great one. Uh-huh. Now, think about that for a minute. There are religious people today who do that, too. They claim that they have special contact or special revelation from god there 's plenty of people in the religious world today who still do that they 're saying God spoke to me, God told me i had I had this vision, I had this revelation from God, so they have some claim about what what about themselves some special revelation from God.
1: I, not only that, I, I, there's, there are a lot of religious folks today who are following someone who they perceive to be of some great stature or status in, in society. You know that he's he's something special. Maybe not even claiming to be God, but there's he's a charismatic they've ele, they've leader. They've elevated him to. Well, a, he's, a, a, he's, a, a, he's, a, he's a
0: very charismatic guy. You yeah. know, and there have been several of those through the years that, who have actually taken. Serious bad faults, Jim Baker comes to mind, Jerry Swaggert comes to mind uh, f- people like that who who people went to them i mean they they drew people to them, and then they, they it was found out that they were pretty much charlatans mm-hmm. uh, uh, a guy today who I think is very popular is somewhat like that, although i don 't know that he is as much a pretender concerning. Miracles as these others, but Joel Olstein is a very charismatic guy, thousands of people follow joel olstein so the, the, the per his personality in this case Simon the sorcerer's personality and his claims concerning the fact that he was a special individual, yeah then notice it says to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, two things there to whom they all gave heed that would indicate large numbers this was a big movement there were lots of people going to the church of Simon the sorcerer mm-hmm. i mean this was maybe a mega church before there were mega churches yeah there were so because notice it says they all everybody in the city of samaria samaria was a significantly sized city it was the former capital of the nation of israel it was it was a significant city and all the people so you're talking about lots of numbers from the least to the greatest well, the prestigious people in Samaria went there. Maybe the mayor, the the board of aldermen, the the, the top bank officials, the, the 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 top end professional people. And I'm speaking, of course, with tongue in cheek, kind of using today's kind of considerations. But all the all the influential people, if you wanted to rub shoulders with the the very most prominent people in Samaria, it was you went there. It was the place to be. That was the place to be. So uh, and then obviously he had verse 11 says he had bewitched them with his sorcerers, sorceries. So false miracles. We're going to know that these were false miracles because he was very impressed when he saw Philip doing real miracles. He was doing false miracles. He was using magic. He was using sorcery. He was bewitching the people. He was he was a charlatan. He was a religious charlatan and the people were following him. So that's what I was looking for from that text. I, uh, that's what I was asking when I asked, uh, what were the influencing factors in, in this situation when they were following Simon the Sorcerer? And I think they're, pretty, they're laid out there pretty plainly. We've got some it. great
1: answers from our listeners tonight. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says the basic influence factor that caused the Samaritans to be followers of Simon the Sorcerer was a cult mentality. They were overly influenced by his personality and were using him as their standard of authority rather than the truth of God. According to Acts chapter 8, verse 12, the fundamental aspects of truth that impressed these individuals were, were uh, Philip's bold preaching of the kingdom of God and the name of Christ. Such indicates that Philip's te- preaching uh, constituted a clear presentation that is found in Christ by obedience to the gospel Christians of salvation and is exclusively located in the one new testament church okay. i jumped up to the next one you asked there but yeah he got you got, got both, both parts of his
0: answer there but that that we're going to get to the same we're going to draw the same conclusions kent did as to what influenced them when they changed
1: and went with philip chris is in georgia as well he says they were mesmerized by his magic and were fooled into believing it was from god exactly you know, that's a dangerous thing because there are still people today that are claiming to to work miracles Look at the instance of Simon the sorcerer. Yeah, these people were wrong, and they were being led on a path away from God over the miracles. That's a that's a danger that still exists. Today. Yeah. So,
0: what, I and I think that we has to have to say because we just even recently we studied again about miracles. Men are not performing miracles from by the power of the Holy Spirit today. I think the New Testament is very clear about that. the the that that position is firmly rooted in biblical truth. The age of miracles has ended, but there's a whole host of people out there claiming that they can work miracles. And so those, those are not true miracles. They're, they're false signs. They are like what Simon, the sorcerer was doing. And,
1: and people are being led astray with that. It's as you said, a very dangerous thing. Angela says these people were influenced by the amazing things that Simon was doing with his magic. We know from other passages that magic or sorcery is a sin. Galatians five nineteen and 21 and Revelation 21, verse 8. Thank you, Angela, for that. And finally, Chloe says, uh, telling them that he was someone great, verse 9, and as- he astonished them with his sorceries, exactly verses right. 6 and 9. Exactly right. All right, great. Thank you, Chloe. So
0: I think that's a really neat text because we see where they were. And what their thought processes were, what was influencing them. So, and I know this is, I'm, I, and again, this is almost tongue in cheek, but they were in this church. They were in Simon's church, so to speak. They were following him religiously, at least. They That was where they were. Now they're going to make a change. And so... It says in verse 12, when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So I think we see now what influences them to change. Philip came preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God. And so his message was a spiritual message. He 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 was preaching spiritual truths. He wasn't there, you know, uh, preaching positive mental attitude kind of. You know, uh, you know, Norman Vincent Peale was famous for you know preaching on things like how to win friends and influence people. You know, this was not just feel good pablum. This was real substantive information. A spiritual message. Right. And and it says he preached the name of Jesus Christ. Now, when it says he preached the name of Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean that he was teaching. His name is Jesus Christ. Here's how you spell I'm, it. I'm telling you, his name is Jesus Christ, and, and here's how you spell it. Yeah. We know that that expression denotes authority. He was preaching authority. He was preaching about religious authority. Where is our right base of religious authority? Uh, and, and we need that today, too. So we need, we need substantive spiritual
1: messages that, that emphasize biblical authority. It, you, know, you need to emphasize that again. He didn't come to them preaching like, you know, here's how you can have financial Security, financial peace,
0: uh, Dave Ramsey. You know, A lot of churches have Dave Ramsey, uh, who's a financial counselor, and they churches sponsor sessions with Dave Ramsey on how to manage your money and how to build wealth for retirement. That's not what that's
1: not what Philip did. Now, there certainly are biblical principles on how you would manage your money. Yeah. But he it wasn't he wasn't enticing them with the physical. Right. He was teaching them about Jesus, but as you mentioned, he was teaching them about establishing authority from God's Word or from Jesus in how you live your life. That's how important this is, that we go to the Scriptures for everything that we believe and practice. Philip came, and when he taught them that, when he showed them the importance of that, they believed. Yeah, and it says they were baptized,
0: so his message also included doctrinal, substantive doctrinal information about the will of God. When he, he notes he preached Christ, but it said, uh, it's, if you go back to uh, verse 5, Philip came to Samaria and preached Christ unto them. But they ended up being baptized, which would indicate that when you preach Christ, you preach the doctrine of Christ and those things are inseparable. But he, his his preaching included
1: substantive doctrinal information. Now, here's the thing. That is in contrast with what's going on in the religious world today. Can you imagine someone going to a new town today and wanting to establish a church? And what would people in the in the denominational world today do? Well, they would maybe have a carnival, maybe have some type of physical enticement. Philip went to that town and preached about Jesus and doing what Jesus wanted you to do. Now,
0: of course, he was working miracles, too. Because that was the,
1: that was sort of the badge
0: of authenticity. Mm -hmm. God, God was working with them. Remember, uh, in Mark 16, a verse that we've used frequently, uh, Mark 16 verse 20, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So the, the real miracles of Philip were to, to confirm this message is from God. We talked about what the message was like, but the miracles confirmed, and it's a, it's definitely from God. And I think what's so impressive is Simon himself believed, verse 13, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. So here's Simon who had tricked the people with sorcery and magic tricks before, and he's overwhelmed. These are real miracles. Here's a trickster here's a here's a religious charlatan who used sleight of hand and magic to to bewitch the people now he's he's seeing what philip's doing that's not pretend that's that's not fakery that's real he was he was overwhelmed by the real miracles that Philip worked
1: all right we're overdue for a break and uh we're going to get one now when we get back then we'll get your your comments on what Philip did to impress them and then you ask uh, for maybe a top five list.
0: Yeah, what do you think of the top five things that you ought to have? Uh, uh, what you sh- what should be the most important things we're looking for when we're choosing a church? Hey,
1: and you know, I imagine everyone that's listening tonight has looked for a church. What are some things that you looked for? What were your criteria? We're going to get that on the other side of the break. It's going to be a, uh, a continuing uh, discussion of what do you look for? How do you choose a church when we get back? Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this.
2: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
3: Misconception number 56. The folks at College View Church of Christ aren't led by the Spirit. They're afraid of Him. Some people say this, but it's simply not true. The fact is, there is not a single thing we do at the College View Church of Christ without first getting the Holy Spirit's approval. Granted, we don't have healing crusades, miracle ministries, or slayings in the Spirit. but We refuse to do anything without Holy Ghost guidance. You may have been misled about us. Why not come learn the truth about the College of the church of Christ this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m.? Remember, the truth will set you free.
0: Here's some quotes worth pondering. What we need is neither negative thinking nor positive thinking, but realistic thinking, thinking characterized by enough pessimism to trigger concern, enough optimism to provide hope. Most of us know how to say nothing, but few of us know when. Rumors are very buoyant. They're easy to float and hard to sink. Christians are like coals of fire. Together they glow, apart they die out. Integrity means being good when nobody is looking. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues.
1: We're back on the program tonight as we talk about how to choose a church. And we, before the break, we're talking about uh, things that Philip taught that impressed them. As we mentioned Kent uh, earlier, he said um, uh, the um the, uh, the fundamental aspects of truth that impressed these individuals was Philip's bold preaching of the kingdom of God in the name of Christ. Such indicates Philip's preaching constituted a clear presentation of, that is found in Christ by obedience to the gospel conditions of salvation. And that is exclusively located in the one true New Testament church. Chris said uh, Philip performed miracles and not the magic Simon did, and he taught Christ, preached the good news about the kingdom they could see the power of God and its superiority over Simon's false teachings. That's exactly right, Chris. And Angela says Philip preached the good news of the kingdom of God and performed signs and miracles, healing people and casting out demons to show that his message was truly from God. I think that's As we were saying... I mean, they had to have they had to have the signs in the first century
0: because this was a whole new message and it had not been fully revealed or confirmed to mankind yet. And and but the miracles were were obviously legitimate and real in contrast to the pretense of Simon, the sorcerer. OK.
1: All right. And uh, Chloe says that uh, the things that persuaded them were the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Exactly verse 12. right. Thank you, Chloe, for that. All right. All right. So
0: there's our case study so you know do not think that you're uh doing something new if you have to make a decision about going to church to a different congregation changing from and, and it's, it's not just necessarily changing from one congregation to another it may be changing from one whole belief system to another uh yeah that, that that's what these people did yeah uh it, it wasn't well this was a this was a baptist church they were going to and they decided to go to a different baptist church or this was a presbyterian church they were going to they decided to go to a different presbyterian church or this was a church of christ they were going to and they decided to go to a different church of christ no these people t- dramatically changed their whole religious belief system and sometimes you 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 need to do that if 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 the the denomination or the religious group that you're uh, attending you realize they're not teaching
1: the truth. They're off on lots of things. I need to find some place where. Well, let's talk about what we need to find. All right, Jared in the chat room before we move on says that the sound Bible teaching persuaded them, and it yeah. certainly did, Jared. That's guess, what that's we right. need. I that's what right. that's what the world needs, and and that's the only thing that will save. Okay. All right. All right. So, our next question
0: was: list the five things that you think you should be that people should be look really looking for in church, and list them in the order of priority that you would pursue
1: oh maybe jared signing in on that maybe jared's <laughs> top number one thing is yeah. sound bible teaching that makes sense as well yeah. so yeah, certainly that'd be one sign in the chat room if you uh, if you if you can't type five real fast just put your top one in there uh, if you're listening in the chat room tonight
0: okay so uh, let's, let's let's just let's use our our um, emails as a as a starting point, let's go through these, Jacob. What did what did our emailers say? Kent had number one respect for Bible authority. Okay, that's got to be. I mean, and and we see that in the case of Philip the Evangelist, he preached the, the name of Jesus Christ. He preached authority. Let's did talk about
1: the respect for Bible authority here, because when we we talk about that, what we're really saying is respect for the Bible. If we don't say that we've that we've got to have Bible authority for all that we do, then what we're saying is we don't care that much about the Bible. Yeah, and a lot of people would say, "Well, oh, of course I care about the Bible, but they're not too concerned about following it or demanding Bible authority for everything." Then yeah. what you're what you're living is showing that you don't really care. You about You
0: say Bible. it matters, but then you don't you don't show that it matters by
1: how you're how you're acting. So Bible authority, respect for the Bible, number one in Kent's list. Okay, number two, a strong desire to follow the New Testament pattern. So that just goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. If I respect, respect the Bible, it, you I follow will, it. I'm going to obey it. Uh, A
0: strong commitment to moral purity. I think that's really important. So, okay, we can be doing, we we can be hitting all the marks doctrinally. We can, we can be saying the right things. We can be doing the right things. In other words, our worship services are just directly in line with what we read described in the New Testament. But the members of the local church are not doing well morally. There's a lot of immodesty. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, they're, they're drinking, they're smoking pot. I mean, so, so
1: marriages are,
0: uh, oh, they, yeah, there's a lot of unscriptural marriages. So morally they're bankrupt. They may, they may have the, the truth, but they're morally bankrupt. That's no good.
1: Yep. Uh, number four, a genuine desire to evangelize lost individuals with the truth of the gospel.
0: So active, uh, working, a working church, a church that working at, at God's work, not their own work. But did you notice the, the emphasis of work here that Kent sees is in evangelizing to reach lost people, not to have social programs for, for kids and families to have fun uh what 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 was the so there's a there's a work he's he says we it's a, we need to prioritize and look for a church that's
1: working but what are they working at
0: evangelism he said
1: all right number five a genuine desire to see unfaithful brethren scripturally restored to the fellowship of christ okay good so working on the folks who are believers making sure that they stay strong all right here's chris's uh top five list um number one scriptural organization
0: Okay, so scriptural organization. How are how are local congregations to be organized? Well, the Bible tells us about that. Uh, for instance, in Philippians chapter one, verse one, it talks about the bishops, the deacons, and the saints at Philippi. Churches are organized in the New Testament. Local congregations were organized with a plurality of elders, the the overseers. They are also called bishops or pastors. But there's a plurality, not a single pastor, but a plurality of of overseers. Qualified deacons, according to the qualifications set forth in 1 Timothy 3. So elders qualifications also set forth in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Qualified elders, deacons who meet the qualifications that serve, and, and all the Christians in the local congregation identified as saints. That's the only organization. That's the only earthly organization there is to uh, the church. There's no hierarchy of organization. Every congregation in the New Testament was independent and autonomous or self-governing. There was no regional diocese or statewide or nationwide organization. There wasn't any. They weren't any higher ups that local congregations reported to. So. We should be looking we should be looking to follow that. I want to be a member of a church that's organized like the church that I read about in the New Testament now again,
1: here's why it's important because I respect what the Bible says yeah and if you're and if you're going to look at an organization like for instance, the Catholic Church with a Pope and all of the other cardinals and all that other nonsense, if you're going to look at that and say, "Well, that's wrong, but on what basis are you going to say that's wrong, yeah, unless you say. The, what we're going to do is we're going to be organized just like we read about. No, in no in words. Testament. I, I, I don't go. What you're saying is
0: I don't go along with the way the Catholics organized uh, that Pope business. Yeah. I, I can't read about a worldwide Pope yeah. in the New Testament, so I, I can't. I can't really abide what the Catholics are doing. Well, if you're going to depart from the simple New Testament pattern, you could. You might as well go to the Pope. You might. As well, you, if you can leave the simple. Independent, local congregations that you find in the New Testament. The only that, thing
1: you can read about in the New that's Testament. That's the only thing
0: you read. If you can depart from that, then you can go as far as you want.
1: There's no stopping place. If you can have, if you can have it as simple as one church over another. Yeah. If, if you can do that, then you can have the Pope. If you but, can consolidate congregate, even among our own brethren,
0: something like the sponsoring church arrangement that we talked about a few weeks ago. If you can put one eldership overseeing the work of four or five congregations, well, you might as well have a pope in Rome then.
1: Because you've left Bible you authority. You've left the pattern. You've left the pattern. And once yeah. you leave it, you can't say, well, that's wrong. Because yeah. you're just, you have no more ground to stand on any more than they do.
0: Right, right. Okay.
1: Number two, scriptural teachings.
0: Okay, so it's got to be book, chapter, and verse. Thus saith the Lord, you know, show us the Bible. Don't tell it. I'm looking, when I'm looking for a church, I'm looking for a place where I'm not being told men's philosophy, human wisdom. I want them to be establishing what they teach by showing me that this is what the scripture says. So I want Bible-based teaching.
1: Number three, an evangelistic minded congregation. That goes along with what Kent said. Exactly right. Number four, a congregation that has elders or are actively pursuing elders. I know that it is not required, but a congregation that has no interest in an eldership worries me.
0: Good. I think that's right. I think you're exactly right, Chris. As you say, uh, the, there are situations where congregations just are not able to have elders because they don't have qualified men at the moment. But they they should be actively pursuing that arrangement because it is God's plan.
1: Number five, a congregation that I could be actively involved with. For example, a congregation that is an hour from my house would not be as practical as a good congregation closer to home.
0: Okay, so just on a practical
1: level. One that he uh, could be active yeah.
0: in. You know, and, and lots of us are blessed to live in parts of, the, of, the country, of this country and in, in, in this country in the world. There are lots of places where there are no sound congregations anywhere near you. There are places in the United States uh, where you'd have to drive a long way, hours, to find a congregation to worship with. And those of us who live in places where there are lots of them ought to be grateful for that. Amen
1: to that. Angela says, "Preaching the truth, the whole Bible in proper perspective, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17, and not leaving out hot topics or being politically correct." Oh, I like that. I, I think that's a really good point. I, in
0: other words, I, when I'm looking for a church, I want a church wherein, uh, as Paul said in Acts chapter 20, uh, verse six or verse 27 rather, Acts 20:27, 20, I have not shunned to declare to you all the counsel of god yeah all right i knew of a church not far from here where the the, the preacher was asked to preach on marriage divorce and remarriage he wouldn't do it he said oh, that's too hot that's that's too touchy too hot of a uh, topic i'm, I'm not going to deal with that wow i'm not going to go there that's
1: not that's not, not, the gonna, place for that's not
0: to a place for me
1: all right we'll get to some more of angela's responses on the other side jared signed in uh some of the uh, comments and some of the priorities that he would be looking for in a church in the chat room And why don't you, during this break, take a minute to do the same? What are some things you're looking for in a congregation? Maybe a sharp-dressed preacher? I don't know. Maybe you ought to put that in there. Uh, What do you think? Give us some, uh, some comments, and we'll get this week's bullet point. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Now, you can listen to a
2: podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages.
0: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. The story of Jonah and the whale, that's a hard one to swallow. So says the skeptic. And as Bible believers, we have been forced to go on the defensive. Some have labored long and hard to prove that a whale really could swallow a man. You may have seen articles which cited historical accounts of men who have experienced similar things. One such report is found in the April 4, 1896 edition of Literary Digest. It tells of one James Bartley who was swallowed by a whale and lived for a day and a half before being rescued. While accounts such as this may be interesting, they were really unnecessary. We don't need them in order to believe what the Bible says about Jonah. What happened there was a miracle. The scripture says that, quote, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, Jonah chapter one, verse 17. Whether or not an ordinary whale could accomplish such a feat and whether or not a man under normal circumstances could survive as Jonah did doesn't matter at all. In this case, God was involved. And if we believe in an all powerful God, this should be no harder to accept than any other miracle taught in the Bible. But there's yet another way to look at this subject. Jesus provides even more evidence for the case. In Matthew 12, verse 40, he said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Do you see it? Jesus staked his credibility to the accuracy of the story about Jonah. That being so, then all the evidence concerning Jesus, his miracles, his resurrection, and so forth, that all can be used to support the account of Jonah and the whale. It really happened. Jesus said so, and that settles it. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
2: I'm Michael, I'm four years old, and and this is the Virtual Bible Study. Missed a recent Virtual Bible Study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archives section of our website. Now, back to the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we're back on the program, reminding you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, Find out more about us at our website, uh, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. I got asked today, how did the name College View come about? Well... Right across the street from the community college in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Yeah. yeah, so the the concept is very logical. The spelling not so logical. Not so. Much. Somebody was trying to be a
1: little creative there yeah. uh, with the spelling, but it's yeah. uh, anyhow. The virtual Bible study maybe is easier to spell. I think that's
3: as progressive as you will see us get is the the (laughs) (laughs) views. Thank you, Right. There you go.
1: Uh, All right. Uh, So uh, check us out and uh, come and worship with us. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, you probably know where the community college is. Uh, We're right across the street. We'd love to have you come. Yeah, actually, the
0: Columbia State Community College uh, uh, is the largest community college in the state of Tennessee. And it's just it's just right across the street from us. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, all right, so we were we were looking at Angela's list, and sh- we just got
1: started, and she's got some more things there, Jacob. All right, number two: proper worship, spirit and truth, no frills that go beyond Scripture, like kitchens, playgrounds, instruments, etc. So okay. she wants uh, the worship to be like it was in the New Testament. Yeah, and so worship
0: in spirit and in truth. Uh, so we're going to have the right attitudes, but we're going to follow the truth, and we're not going to add things to attract people, like kitchens so that we can have meals playgrounds instrumental music which is not authorized in scripture that wouldn't be worshiping in truth but you know a lot of people are these days are are really attracted to that contemporary worship business you know and they got they got this band up on the stage and it's a man they're pretty really good magi- uh, mu- <laughs> musicians. yes they are and uh Oh, and they got lights. They got the strobe F- lights fog and the g- fog machine. And, and it's a really slick presentation. And people are looking for that. But that's not the that's not the pattern of simple New Testament worship that we read about.
1: Back to the idea of Bible authority, though. There's a lot of people that would have a problem with that. That say, you know what? I don't I, that that the laser light show. That's too much, man. That's that's irreverent. That's that's not what, the way we should be doing things. well, Why not? If you're not Again, make... if you're going to depart the
0: pattern, where are you going to stop? Where do you stop? Yeah, and so there, there. If if you're going to have one thing that you can't prove is authorized in worship,
1: then they can have their laser light show. Yeah, you can't you can't argue against it. Number three, proper observance of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, Acts 20, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 25, and giving of our means, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 to 2. Okay,
0: so the, the, some of the elements, we're looking to make sure that all the elements of worship are observed as taught in the New Testament, which would include the Lord's Supper every first day of the week.
1: Um, no, number four on Angela's list is very important, members who are striving for truth and unity with God and his word reference okay. references 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion of one another, uh, one of another. Love his brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. So we're to be with one mind. We're to be unified. The members. You know, I had on my list, and I don't know if I'll get to my list, but I,
0: one of the things, we, we, we should look for a congregation where they are loving brethren. Uh, don't forget that Jesus said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And so, you know, here's, here's a congregation, and maybe, maybe uh, there's a number of things that are right, but uh, the, the, the relationship between the brethren is just obviously not good. Well, then they're not giving one of the principal signs of discipleship, love between brethren. Uh, John 13, verse 35, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to
1: another. But also, she emphasizes the idea of unity with God, but also unity with one another is yeah, also, yeah, also fundamental. Yeah. And how can we be unified unless we have a common standard? Yeah. If we do, unless we agree that, that the Bible is going to be our only standard. If we start adopting creeds of men or various catechisms, Kyle likes his cre- this man's creed. I like this one. You have another one that you like. Yeah. You know, you think it's worded better. Or it has other. It emphasizes other things over the one that I like. We'll never be unified as long as we're following creeds of men. That's right. And, and you know, uh, in the, this is kind of an
0: old expression, but some folks came up with the idea that we'll just have unity in diversity. We'll be diverse. We'll believe different things. We'll practice different things. But we'll just say we're united. That's not true unity.
1: No. Well it also it also um adulterates the idea of truth. Yeah. It it says uh truth is something sort of this, this fuzzy thing nobody can really determine what truth is. Kyle, you see it your way. I see it my way. Somebody else sees it their way. Yeah. Truth it, truth can't really be determined. God couldn't present the Bible in such a way that we could all understand it alike. It, it, it was that was, so, that was too hard for God. And so we're just going to have to just, you you see it your way, I'll see it mine.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I like all those. I think. Number Angela... five,
1: proper church set up with elders and deacons in place, Titus 1 verse 5, but without a hierarchy that is often seen in denominationalism, First yeah. Peter 5 verse 3.
0: As we were talking about earlier, exactly right.
1: Okay. Now on to Chloe. Chloe says, do under everything under God's authority, Colossians three sixteen not adding to or taking away from God's word, Revelation 22 verse 18. And scriptural truth is exactly being taught. right. Very good, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. All right. All right. So, and then, oh, oh Jared. uh, Jared's got his
0: in the okay. chat. He room. was
1: yeah. li- giving us his list with number one being sound biblical teaching. Okay. Number two, a group that's edifying its members. Okay. Number three, a group that is active in evangelism. True. Okay, we've touched on those. And a place, number four, a place where I will be expected oh, to good. work. That's good. In other words, I'm looking
0: for a place where I'm, I'm not looking for a place where I can just kind of s- sneak in and be a spectator. You know, well, yeah. sit on a bench and watch the show. Uh, I don't want a place. I, I want a place where it's obvious that there will be an expectation, some accountability, and an accountability that I will be working. Good. Good, Jerry. Uh, number five,
1: a congregation that will discipline its members.
0: I think that's a good thing to look for. You know, some, oh, there's h- hardly any churches anymore that practice what we call church discipline as is set forth in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 5.
3: Kyle, did we
1: leave anything that would have been on your list off of those? The...
3: I've heard uh, preachers say, well, one, discipline is like it's one of the litmus tests. Like, what is this church if they have discipline somewhere, if someone that they're a part of, they want they want to encourage their members, it's just, it's very important. And, you know, taking the Lord's Supper not having these fellowship halls, that's something that you look for physically in the church, what are they doing, but then you listen to the message. What are they talking about? That's one of the reasons why I love we have our you know, YouTube channel. We can people can see what we're about before they even come here. So Yeah. That's just that's good to have. Yeah, I
0: might
1: give a shout-out to
0: Kyle oh, for Kyle, doing Oh, Kyle, we it.
3: forgot to
1: do that during – oh, yeah. Kyle, he's going to work it in, though. Well, yeah. yeah. did you sure. see
0: how he kind of snuck that in? He snuck
1: it. it in. He's
3: slick. That's the whole uh, point of me talking about
1: that. <laughs> <so. laughs> no, but we do, have a, we do have a separate
0: YouTube channel. If you're watching the program tonight, you're watching it on our The Virtual Bible Study <laughs> channel. Uh we have a separate YouTube channel, College View Live Stream, and that uh, on that channel you can watch all of our uh, Bible studies, Sunday morning and Wednesday night Bible studies, and our Sunday morning and Sunday night sermons uh, during our worship hours, uh, and you can watch them live. Or is, as soon as they're over, they're immediately
1: available as an archive. So maybe it didn't make Kyle's top five list, but I guess Kyle would say they have a good YouTube
3: channel with this criteria. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the most important thing. But well, it is okay, what they're sorry. talking about. But, okay, but I think right. you're right, Kyle. Uh, no words.
0: I'm, I'm looking for a church that's willing to explain themselves to me. I want I want to know what they stand for and what they're teaching and because what that's important. Yeah, what it's they say It's not for. just like, well, they got a pretty church building. I like I like their landscape. Or landscaping outside the church building, or it's real. It's a real. It's really a real convenient location. We had a. Chris made a point. I'd like to find one convenient. A convenient drive away, but if I have to drive farther, I will because I'm looking for a lot of things that are really important.
1: But you talk to some people, and they don't even know what the church that they're a part of believes yeah. on certain issues. Yeah. Or they know what they believe, but they don't agree with it. I mean on serious things kind of like the women women preachers or
3: yeah. what, or uh heterosexual you about, marriage yeah. you know yeah. you read what you what like if we read our bibles and we see what we believe and then but then we have to go through what our what does well i need to ask the pastor what does he think about this what does because whatever he thinks if i don't believe that then i gotta be what he believes so i just gotta we gotta make sure we put our filter through what the bible says and if the preacher's talking what we believe and if he's not, then we need to claim him accountable on that, too. So, OK, yeah,
0: I think you're right. Kyle. All right. All right. Let's start into this. We, we've got just a couple more minutes before our last break. The, so I ask you, what, well, how would you respond to someone who says. Now, we won't go through the whole list, but he will start out with the first one. I, I, so here's the guy. And he said, I'm looking for a church with kids the same age as my kids. How would you answer that? Um, Kent says, certainly we desire our children to have friends. However, such friendship should never be considered as being more important than associating with individuals who have the right type of spiritual influence on our entire family as well as our children. I think that's a good observation. Uh, I, 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 I can understand the, the interest in having your kids have someone with, with similar spiritual values to associate with. And so I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but that cannot be the sole choice.
1: I mean, that th- if that's
0: your if that's your basis, then you'll go for anything. I mean, you're going to throw doctrine to the wind just so you can have
1: kids your own age? No, I don't think so. That that, uh, that requirement gets elevated. I'm I'm afraid dangerously higher than it should be. Kyle, what do you think?
3: Yeah, which uh, this is a good time for Josh's uh, ad on there for our virtual Bible study. We don't have what? Do you have any? Programs for the kids. What do you have for the kids to keep them entertained, to keep them distracted for a couple hours a day yeah. while I go to church? And yeah. you know, so make okay. sure your priorities are right. Make yeah. sure we're teaching our kids directly from the Bible, not just you know. I gotta say,
0: aside. I gotta say honestly, some of the, some of the strongest Christians that I know grew up in congregations where there weren't any young people their age. That is, it's a it's a it's a benefit. It's a plus if everything else is right that having kids the age of your own kids is a plus, but that should
1: not be anywhere close to the top of the list of priorities. Right. What's, yeah, okay. Chris says, uh, I think it's a legitimate concern. We need to encourage our children to associate with other Christians. I had a preacher that would always say, make your best friends your, your church friends. All right. That's good. And, again, I, I,
0: I'm, I'm all for that as a, a more secondary consideration.
1: Here's what Angela says. She says, I've grown up in congregations with people my age nearly all my life, but I've always been better off with the older people. Spending time with the older people helped to impart wisdom, whereas being with my peers, we often didn't think about spiritual things when we were together. I guess um, uh, Angela's going
0: to get me up on the soapbox here because I think that's a, a, a real flaw that we're seeing in our day and time is that. That we're not we're not getting the young people around the mature older Christians, and they're not getting that influence. They're, we we we're, we're huddling them off in their own special youth groups and youth settings, and they're not getting the influence of the of the older wiser adults.
1: I think so. I, I think Angela's got a good point there. And and Chloe says that that shouldn't be your top priority. Exactly right. You no, know, we ought to be willing to stand uh, for what's right, regardless of if there's anybody else who does if i've yeah, got friends that are yeah, doing the same
0: yeah i mean did uh, you know noah's sons didn't have any kids their own age to associate with they didn't no they seemed to do all right Yep. Yeah. all right all right so let's grab a break when we come back we're going to have to hurry through these other things we often hear from people when they're talking about choosing
1: a church all right we're going to get that and go to the top of the hour right after this
2: after these important messages we'll be back to take your comments email them during this break
3: misconception number 34 the folks at the college view church of christ think you have to go to their church to go to heaven everyone else goes to hell you may have heard this but it's simply not true we probably believe the same thing you do we definitely believe the same thing jesus did in matthew seven twenty-one: not everyone who says lord lord will enter heaven but those who do the will of my father will you may have been misled about us why not come learn the truth about the college View church of christ this sunday at nine thirty a.m remember the truth will set you free
0: we're tracking the trends on the virtual bible study The average person spends over four hours a day on their mobile device. That amounts to a full quarter of their waking hours. About half the time, one hour and 56 minutes, is spent on the top five social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube. That information is via inc.com. The Word of God says in Ephesians 5, beginning verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil.
2: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians three seventeen. Now back to the program.
1: All right. We're going to the top of the hour. And we're responding to people who tell what they're looking for to church. Uh, number two, you had there. Uh, the, uh,
0: I hear people say this. I want lots of programs for the kids and, and for their parents, too, for that matter.
1: All right. Um well, Kent says the New Testament authorizes the church to engage in evangelism, edification, and qualified ben- biblical benevolence. While the local church certainly needs to be concerned about the f- about following the New Testament in these areas, any other type of, accept- of acceptable activity with Christ is responsibility of the home, not the church. Okay, so let's
0: keep – in other words, it, it's, it's good to have uh, things for the kids to do that are fun and entertaining. But that's not the work of the church. And so I shouldn't be looking for a church that's actively involved in providing social and recreational activities for the young people or for the for the seniors, for that matter, because it's not the
1: work of the church to entertain people. Okay. And so I think that's right. Chris says it depends on what you mean by programs. If you're referring to fun activities, then I would say they have the wrong priorities. I would applaud someone that is looking for an evangelistic-minded congregation and lovers of studying so,
2: scripture.
0: So, Chris's uh, point is well taken. So, I'm looking for programs. What I'm looking for is good Bible studies,
1: grounding them in the truths of God's
0: word. Yeah, uh, or or maybe uh, an organized effort to get out and reach the community. You yeah. know, something that we do that to. Get the gospel message out. Those kind of programs, yeah. I'm looking for sign those kind of programs. Sign us up.
1: All right. Uh, Angela says the programs for young people and even older people often are more secular, and they are the draw themselves to the activities and not the gospel. That's the problem. The problem is that a lot of people don't think the gospel's strong enough. Well, you got uh, and, lure them in. It's sort uh, of a uh, bait uh, and switch.
3: Yeah, yeah. Come
1: on in for the fun and games, and then we'll try and slip a little gospel in on you on the back end of that. Exactly. Uh, okay. Uh, and Chloe says, we don't go to church to be entertained.
0: We shouldn't anyway, but some people are, unfortunately. Okay. I think that's right. All right. Uh, next one. I want a bigger church. I don't like a small congregation.
1: Ooh. What about that one? Kent says, a local church with a large number of people is not wrong in it, uh, within itself. However, that should never be the exclusive determining factor of our identity with such a group. Christ warns us against the fallacy of this type of thought in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14.
0: Remember, that's the straight and narrow way. Few there be that find it. Jesus.
1: Oftentimes, this type of attitude demonstrates an attitude of compromise with sin. It also demonstrates the lack of true spirituality. So, in so words, if you see a large <coughs> church, it might be. That they're
0: large because they've watered down the message is what Kent's saying.
1: Or maybe you're willing to water down the message or you're willing for the uh, message to be watered down in yeah. favor of large numbers. Yeah. Uh, they are properly to be classified as takers rather than being givers. Such an attitude demonstrates that they really do not have any desire of assisting the local church to spiritually develop and grow. So sometimes people want to be a part of a large group so they don't have to do as much work. You know, if there's not a lot, a large number, Kyle, then we got to pitch in and do more, right?
3: Yeah, you can fade to the background, really. You can just fade to black. You don't have to – you just – you can skirt right in, right out, and you're just a, an armchair member, I guess. You could just armchair. come in and just –
1: Yeah. Yep. All right. Chris says they are focusing on the wrong thing. However, I guess some folks are shy or introverted and maybe more comfortable in a larger setting. So, I mean, certainly there's nothing wrong with a larger setting, and if we had our preference, we probably all would want to be a part of a larger congregation. Yeah. But it shouldn't be the determining factor. Exactly, exactly. All right. And then Angela says there's nothing wrong with smaller congregations. In fact, it's much easier to know everyone in a smaller congregation than a larger one. I felt lost in the crowd at larger places, but it feels like we're actually a spiritual family at a smaller congregation. Okay. And then Chloe says size doesn't matter. Uh, Matthew 18, verse 20. All right. Good. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks, Chloe. All right. And then Daniel says, help the congregation grow bigger. So if you, yeah, if you want to, if you, if, if you want a bigger congregation, which yeah. we all should. Yeah. Good, go good, good
0: point, Daniel. Thank you,
1: Daniel. Okay. Uh,
0: here's another one. I desire a church where the average age of the members is young, not old. Yeah, I go to these churches and just, a, it's just, a, it's like an old folks home. I mean, uh, it just... All old gray-headed people and, and
1: well, well, all the gray old-headed people are saying, yeah. "All these young kids." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one way the younger congregation. Okay, uh, Kent, why do you desire a church where the average age of members is, are only young? Do you have something against older people? Do you not desire to see older people converted to Christ and restored to His fellowship? If the average age of the membership is exclusively young. How is a qualified el- eldership presently possible? And so there's a ben- there's an advantage to having older folks. Uh, good point. Chris says they may be sacrificing a lot of wisdom and sound teaching with this requirement. I think that's right. Angela says, I think I'd point out that there is a lot of wisdom to be gained from uh, being in a congregation of older Christians. My husband and his siblings were blessed to be in a raised in and by a congregation of older Christians and they have become some of the strongest young Christians I've ever met. So the the point is, you know, uh
0: our our society is is enamored with youth, you know, and and some people are letting that bleed over into what they're looking for religiously and as as our email respondents have said, they may be missing something very good.
1: Chloe references Proverbs 16, verse 31, the hoary head or the gray Good. head is a crown of glory. I was thinking of that one, Chloe. If it be found no, in the I way I didn't know where it was. All right. Thanks for that, Chloe. And she references 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2 as well. All Great. right. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, just hurrying on, I, I'm i
0: looking for a real friendly group of people. Mm. Now that's, I, I got to say, you know, that's a sort of a, Uh, subjective standard. You know, what one person sees as friendly, the other person, the next person may not see as friendly. And just just sort of a... The tale on that is, I think through the years, every congregation that I've ever been a part of has at one time or another been described by someone as not friendly. They are not friendly. However... I thought every one of those congregations was extremely friendly. So a lot of that's in the eye of the beholder. As I said, it's a subjective thing. But you know what I find is that typically congregations are as friendly as you are. Uh, And so if you're going to have friends, you must show yourself to be friendly, the Proverbs say. And so I I, I think that that's a... It's certainly not a priority element. Uh, And again... You can make it better if it's not if it's not all that it ought to be. You can make it better.
1: All right, a desire for a local church to be collectively friendly is a worthy goal. Kent says perhaps our friendliness can be a positive influence on all the members to develop in that manner. What friendliness is indeed? While friendliness is indeed a good thing, how will a friendly uh, apostate or unsound local church contribute to the faithfulness of any? A
0: uh, uh, good point. I think
1: you could find some really really friendly churches that are not following the Bible at all. Yep. Yeah. I can understand this, Chris says. If the congregation is truly cold or unfriendly, then I would not want to be there. However, this judgment should be made with caution.
0: And again, and, and possibly you can change that. Yep. Uh But it, it'd be better to be in a congregation where they're not overtly friendly, but they follow the truth than a congregation that's just overwhelmingly friendly. They don't care anything at
1: all about Bible authority. Angela says we should try to be fr- the, the friendly ones no matter where we go. Sometimes our influence can make a big difference. So she says yeah. help make them friendly. Yeah. And Chloe says that is important, but, again, it shouldn't be a top priority. Exactly right. All right. Right. Last point. We're about out of time. Last point.
0: i like an entertaining preacher. I'm Mm -hmm. looking for a church that has a – I'm looking for a preacher that he's actually almost could qualify as a stand-up comic. Wow. I mean, he tells lots of funny stories. And, I mean, but he's, he's a real charismatic speaker to I mean, he just holds you in the palm of his hand i mean he he just is so he's 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 a motivational
1: speaker par excellence and and that's what i'm looking for well kent says paul's admonition in timothy to timothy in second timothy chapter four did not include any instructions regarding that of being entertaining in his preaching yeah
0: you remember that text that that uh uh Kent is referencing, that's where Paul told Timothy, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering doctrine. Notice, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned into fables.
1: Now that sounds entertaining, the itching ears part, the fables. Yeah. That, I, you know, that could keep you entertained. But that's not what Timothy was told to do. Exactly right. Uh, he, Tim, uh, Kent says, uh, this is a def- that is a definite problem of modern-day preaching. Individuals are being entertained to the exclusion of being informed of New Testament truth. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, uh, that is the wrong quality to look for in a preacher. You need a godly man that is knowledgeable in Scripture, able to teach, and not afraid to preach the truth even when it is unpopular. Very good, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Angela says, I like entertaining preachers, too. Uh, But when the sermon is over and I realize that I've heard maybe three passages the whole time and only the preacher's opinion or vague biblical truths, I see that he has more interest in entertaining than preaching the truth. We need truth-seekers preaching, not comedians or storytellers. Exactly right. Very good. And Chloe says, again, church isn't for entertainment. It's for worshiping
3: and glorifying God. Good. Exactly right. Wow. Kyle, what do you think? Well, entertaining preacher. I mean, I don't know if uh, that's a preacher. As long as he's... Preaching the word. I mean, the word itself is, that's enough. It should be enough for us. I know, uh, like the context, like after you, when you leave the worship that morning, what have I learned? What can I glean from what he just said? Did he just make me laugh for 30 minutes or an hour or, you know, it's, yeah. yeah.
0: Preachers have, a, preachers have a burden. I'm speaking as a preacher. I understand we want to make, we want to bring lessons that capture people's attention, make points that they can, grasp and hold on to and apply in their lives and obviously there are good preachers and there are others that are not so good but the 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 idea that he's a a great public speaker or an entertaining speaker is not the standard it's it's
1: what he's teaching all right uh it is important Uh, choosing a church is a very important thing yeah you know christ wrote to uh some churches in asia in revelation chapter two and three the folks that were part of some Pretty rotten congregations, and I don't want to be a part of a congregation like that. Yeah. Uh, now, the people that were part of those congregations weren't told to go find another one. That's interesting. You know, That's that's intriguing. There were some, so if we're in a congregation that's bad now, doesn't mean that we have to leave it as long as we're not compromising our uh, stand for the truth. But there's mm-hmm. it, maybe if there's issues, we we certainly need to be working on those. Yeah. Uh, but uh, some important things to look for as you're looking for a church that you want to join. Uh, and some things maybe that aren't that important, as we've talked about tonight. Yeah. All right. Uh, good discussion. Kyle, thank thanks for helping us tonight. It was Please. good. Thank you. Thad, thanks for good discussion. Thanks, Jacob. Uh, thank you for being on the other end of the line. If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard on the program tonight, we'd encourage you to contact us anytime. Questions at com is the way you can contact us. And we hope you make plans to we'll be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word in the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.